pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We left off last week with the guy that was building the bigger barns, you know, and he said, I'm just going to, I guess, go on big, big, bigger barns because I got no place to put my stuff. And the, the, the Jesus called him a rich fool. He wasn't a fool because he was rich. He was a fool because he did not plan for eternity. And so many people think today that they're just going to live on and on and on and on, and their life will never end. And they never even think about eternity. So uh, if you're going to really live this Christian life uh, and be victorious, you have to focus. You have to focus. You know, like my basketball coach, I never was a good basketball player, but he says, Joe, you're not focusing. The goal is over there, and you're shooting over here. <laughs> you're not focused. But to really, to really to be victorious, you've got to be focused. You've got to be focused on the right place. And your home is not here. This, is not, this shouldn't be your focus. Satan would like to have you focus here. Uh, the things here are tempor uh, temporary. But we focus on the things of the Lord. They are eternal, right? There, there's, really no, um, there's really no shortcut as far as Christianity goes. There's no shortcut to this thing. Uh, You've got to sit at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ every day and let the Lord Jesus Christ fill you with what you need because he knows what you need. So I'm hoping that you are taking that time to uh, spend that quality time with him because he wants to fill you. You want to read the word and let the word read you. And God can help you in your struggles, help you in your trials. You know, trials are going to come, right? Jesus said in this world, you're going to have tribulations, right? But be of good cheer, I'll overcome the world. You know, trials is, everybody's faith is going to be tested, whether it's you, me, or anybody else. Your faith is going to be tested one way or another. Uh, don't think you're doing something wrong because it is, because we all go through the same things. But... Your faith is never tested to show God how strong your faith is because God already knows how strong your faith is. Your faith is tested to show you how strong it is. Right? Anyway, let's look at Luke 12 this morning. Luke 12. Let's read our 35 to 48. Luke 12. The faithful servant, the expectant servant. Let your waist be girded up and your lamps burning, and you yourself be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may be open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Surely I say to you that he will be girded, he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch, and find them so blessed are those servants. But now this, but now know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and would not allow his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour which you do not expect. Then Peter said to him, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all the people? And the Lord said, who then is a faithful and wise servant when his master will make him ruler over his household to give them their portion 
of food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master will come, will, will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is to land his coming and began to beat, his, beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink with the drunk and be drunk, the master of the servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour when he is not aware and would cut him into, cut him into and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes, beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, for him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed of him, they will, they will ask the more. He said, verse 35, let your waist be girded up and your lamps burning. Let it be girded up. And you yourself will be like men waiting for that master when he has, when he will return from the wedding. Then when he comes and knocks, they may be ready to open up to him immediately. The servant was responsible to meet the master immediately. You know, in Jewish weddings were held at night and the, bride, and the bridegroom servants would have to wait for the master to come home with, with his bride. And the new husband would certainly not want to be kept out uh, at the door waiting to come in. But the servants had to be prepared and ready to work as soon as the bridegroom shows up. So they would tuck, they, they would gird up their loins. They would tuck under their, uh, they would tuck like a, they had these long robes on. And they would tuck them up so they could move freely, so they could be ready for action. They had to be prepared. He said, let your waist be girded up and your lamps burning. In other words, be ready. Be ready. If so many people are not ready today. You know, the rapture could happen any time, couldn't it? As far as I know, there's no other scripture should be fulfilled uh, before the rapture takes place. But, you know, you see the price of gas going up. You see the price of oil going up. You see the price of wheat going up. You see the price of food going up. And I say, man, uh, that's, that's a glimpse of what's going to be coming in the great tribulation. This is nothing compared. Of course, I won't be here. You won't be here if you got Christ in your heart. But imagine for those who are left behind during the great tribulation. Imagine that. You're not going to be able to get Wi-Fi, Internet, YouTube, Facebook, buy or sell. Nothing unless you got that mark on your hand or forehead. You, it's going to control the world, that one mark. If you don't have it, you're not going to be able to buy or sell or anything. And I don't want anybody to be left during that tribulation. That's why we, we got to warn people to flee the route to come, because it's coming. You can see it coming. So try, try to warn as many people as you can, because you don't want anyone to be left to face the great tribulation. But this servant was watching. Servant was watching, waiting. 
verse 44, but Luke 21, 34 and 35 said, but take heed to yourself that your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day comes on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. So, you know, there's a lot of people carousing, a lot of people drunk, a lot of people cares of this life. He said that day is going to come unexpectedly and it's going to catch him unaware. But he said, verse 36, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape the things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of God. Boy, I tell you, I'm glad that we're going to escape that tribulation, aren't you? Have you ever read that? Read it. Read about that Mark and the Antichrist coming. This guy is going to be awful. He's going to be indwelled by the enemy. It's going to be real hard for people. But it said in verse 37, Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. As surely I say to you, he will gird himself and have him sit down to eat and will come and serve them. What do you mean will come and serve them? Many people believe that this is referring to the marriage supper of the Lamb when the Lord Jesus Christ will serve us dinner. Can you believe that? Why would he want to do that? Uh, Revelation 19.9, then he said to me, right, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are true words of God. We're going to be invited to have dinner and the marriage supper of the Lamb with Jesus himself. Can you imagine that? He's going to serve us. We should be serving him, and he's going to serve us. He said, blessed are those servants whom the mass will come will find him watching. Surely I say to you that he, he will gird himself in heaven, sit down to eat, and will come and serve them. Wow. That must going to be some dinner, man. I don't know what he's going to serve, but whatever he's got, I'll take it. Should I say to you that he will gird himself? He's going he gonna to serve them. Wow. It's the key here is ready, be ready and watching for Christ's return. You know, when I was a new believer, every time my pastor said that Christ was going to return, boy, I got so fired up. Man, I just want to go out and tell the world, boy. But you hear it 40 years. And when you hear Christ return anymore, you kind of think, well, you know, I've heard that before. Eh. I hope it don't get dull because he's, he's coming. People ask me, well, when is he coming? Well, that's his business. Why don't he come? That's his business, too. He's not on my timetable. He's not on my time schedule. He's not on your time schedule. I, I know when he's going to come. He's going to come when he gets ready. And I can't rush it. I can't rush his time. I've tried. It won't work. He's not on my time schedule, and he's God and I'm not. But if he's come into the second watch, verse 38, and come in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants, the second watch from 9 p.m. to midnight, third watch midnight to 3 o'clock, according to the Roman calendar. But know this, verse 39, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore... You also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not, you do not expect. 
No one knows when the thief is going to break in the house, right? If you knew when the thief was going to break in the house, you would be ready. And no one knows when Christ is going to return. There's a lot of people try to guess it, and a lot of people try to set dates when Christ is going to return, and they've all been wrong. Uh, I think if someone, if someone really guessed the date when Christ would return, I think it would change it. You don't want nobody to get to heaven and say, well, I guessed it, man. Look at me. I'm going to. No, you don't know. When you hear people say they know the day and the hour when Christ is going to return, you know they don't know, right? Okay, we got that straight. Be ready. The main thing is be ready. Are you ready? If you were to come today, are you ready? That is the question. A lot of people are not ready. You're going to meet him as your savior or as your judge. He will come as a thief in the night. And he's going he's gonna to surprise so many people. It's going to be so unexpected. His arrival is going to be so unexpected. It's going to be disastrous for the unbelieving world because the unbelieving world is not prepared to meet him. If you don't have Christ as your Savior, you are not prepared to meet him. You can't say they just be ready to go. Jesus will return in an hour unknown. But I hear people tell me, well, you know, my grandfather said that, you know, Christ was going to return. And my mother said he was going to return and he never returned. Jesus said in the last days, scoffers going to come walking after they walking after their own ungodly lust and saying, where's the promise of his coming? Ever since our father fell asleep, everything continued the way they were from the beginning of creation. A lot of people say, oh, you know, I've heard that before. My mother said that he was coming. My dad said that he hasn't come. The Bible said we should be alert and we should be watching. There's no other time since I've been a believer. I've lived in times like this right now. It's very unusual times that I've never experienced before. We're seeing prophecy right now being fulfilled before our very eyes. Peter said, verse 41, he said to him, Lord, you speak this parable to us? To all the people, you know, Peter, he's a spokesman and he's going to speak his mind. And the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise servant whom his master will make ruler over his household and give them their portion of food in due season? The Lord is going to reward that, that faithful servant that's watching. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my master delaying his coming and began to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk, the master of the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and in an hour when he is not aware and would cut him in two and appoint him to his portion with the unbelievers. Boy, that's, a, that's judgment right there. He's not looking. He's not watching. He's not waiting. I don't think the person here is going to be doomed to hell, but I think he's going to lose a lot of rewards. The Bible says, you know, a, a, a believer can lose rewards. I think if he really believes in Christ and is sealed by the Holy Spirit, I don't think he can lose his salvation, but I think he can lose rewards. Because a lot of things the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 3, is going to go up like wood, hay, and stubble. Uh, so we don't want to be losing the word wars. We want to be specked. 
Verse 47, and the servant who knew his master's will, he knew his master's will, but did not prepare himself, uh, do according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Punishment, but he who did not know, yet committed things deserving of strife, shall be meet, beaten with few stripes. For every one of him, for every one to whom is given for him much will be required, and to him much has been committed of him, they will ask more. People who are much is given, much is required. People who have been entrusted with many abilities, many responsibilities, will be held to a higher standard than those who haven't. Some people have been given abilities by God, responsibilities, and we are to use them for the glory of God. We are to be found working for the Lord, be busy for the Lord until he returns. We are to we are to be uh, busy about our father's business until he comes. We got to be found ready and waiting for our master to return. But we want to be busy while we wait. God never called me to be really successful. God never called me to be famous. God has called me to be faithful. That's it. You know, what is success? Success in God's eyes and success in the world's eyes is two different things. Success in God's eyes is finding out what God wants you to do and do it. And on that day, he will say, well done, good and thy faithful servant. I don't care if it's going in the parking lot, picking up cigarette butts. If that's what God called you to do, you, you pick up every cigarette butt out there, boy. And you do it for the glory of God and be happy about it. And if you do what God tells you to do, I don't care how small you might think it is. God will say on that day, well done, good and thou faithful servant. God's called me to do this. Maybe God has called you to do something else. But everybody's called to do something. All God's people are gifted. Everyone. You got to identify what that gift is. You got to identify what stirs you on the inside. What motivates you? What gets you going, man? When you read the scripture, what jumps out at you? You got to identify that and start doing it. God never called me to be successful. You can be successful in people's eyes, and you can be a total failure in God's eyes. Did you know that? I, I think if I really believe that the Lord is going to return at any time, my life would reflect that. My life would reflect that. It would show in my life. We are to be watching and ready and living with a sense of urgency and also an urgency for souls, for people that don't know Christ. There's so many that, there's so many just don't know him. That's why I think God is delaying his coming. Because even God doesn't want people to go through the great tribulation. He doesn't want that either. That's why he's patient. The Bible says he's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Many today are not ready for the Lord's return. But Jesus is coming at a certain time, whether people are ready or whether they are not. One day, the time is going to be up. It's going to be it. The grace is going to run out. And people are going to be left behind. The Bible says in Romans 1 that every man is going to be without excuse. 
Everybody's going to hear. Everybody's going to know. You're going to have a chance to hear the gospel, and you're going to have a chance to respond to the gospel. You're going to say yes to the gospel or no to the gospel. But you can't stand before God and say, well, I just didn't know. Well, he's going he gonna to find out that you know. I'm told, I'm, I'm told now people in Muslim countries now are having dreams, and they're coming to Christ like crazy. They're having these dreams about the gospel. They're having these dreams about God, and, and they're coming to Christ. But you don't hear about that. There's an urgency. Anyone with any spiritual eyes can look around the world and see that God is doing something. You see, everything is falling apart, just like he said it would. But he said, do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. These things must come to pass. It's not that he someplace thief, not aware of what's going on. He knows exactly what's going on. And he's going to work it out. And I, I, I'm still praying for revival, aren't you? I hope you are. Verse 49, Christ brings division. Now, you know, Christ, he came to bring unity, right? He came to bring love and bring forgiveness and to bring hope. But how many people have divided over Christ? How many? They say, oh, you know, I believe in a higher power and all of this. I believe in God. But when you mention Jesus, they want to fight. What's up with that? You want to. Jesus came to bring unity, but many times there has been division. Look what he says, verse 49. I came to send fire on the earth. And how I wish he was already kindled. That's that fire means that, that final judgment, man, when God is going to sort everything out. And he's going to separate the sheets from the goats. But I have a baptism to be, uh, to be baptized with. And how distressed I am till it is accomplished. His suffering and his death. The baptism. Talking about his suffering and his death. You know, the mother... Zebedee brought her two sons to Jesus one time. She says, Lord, can, one of, can my son one, set up one on your right hand and one on your left? He said, you don't know what you asked him. Are they able to drink the cup I'm able to drink? Are they able to be baptized with the baptism? They says, yes, we are able. He said, you will be baptized with the cup, talking about suffering and death. It's, it's going to cost you something to follow Christ. Sometimes division in families. Sometimes it happens. Shouldn't happen. Verse 41, do you suppose that I came to give peace on the earth? He, that's where he came. I tell you, not all, but rather division. For from now on, five in, in one house will be divided. Three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father. Mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. He's saying family members are going to divide over Christ. Fam in, in your family. People are going great, love you to death. Friends will turn your back on you. When I came a Christian, all my friends left. They said, man, you ain't no more fine now. And you're boring, they told me. I was boring. 
We ain't going to ask you to go out with us no more. You don't even drink. You don't even drink. You don't smoke. You don't gamble. What do you do? All you do is read the Bible and go to church. How boring is that? They told me. Families are dividing over Christ. Families may split apart because one family member chooses to follow Christ. Sometimes other family members will turn against them. Isn't that terrible? But it happens. Are you willing to be disapproved by your family to follow Christ? Are you willing to be rejected by your family to follow Christ? His purpose was to bring peace, but it reversed. It's like reverse happened. The opposite happened. Jesus came. He brought conflict. He didn't want conflict. See, Jesus, the reason why there's division, Jesus demands a response. You got to give an answer. You got to give a yes or no. You either for him or you against him. There's no middle ground, but you can't skip him. I had a lady tell me one time in California, she says, my, my son was on drugs for years and years, and he became a Christian, and she told me I liked him better when he was on drugs. I said, my t- I said this is awful. I said, How could you say that? She said, I liked him better when he was drinking and drugging than he is now going to church, Bible thumper, uh, reading that Bible and going to church and talking about Jesus. I liked him better when he was on drugs, she told me. Don't think everybody, don't think, uh, I got to get used to this mic. Uh, maybe I should use the other mic. I, I keep forgetting I got this thing. Don't think that everybody's going to like you. They should when you become a Christian. But see, our very life, our very presence causes conviction. When you show up, you know, people, they, they don't curse. They, they don't, if they curse, they say, well, excuse my French. Well, that wasn't French. <laughs> I told him that wasn't French. You, you using the Lord's name in vain, I told him. Well, anyway, Christ came to bring unity, not division, but people will divide because with Christ, you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. Either, you form, either you're going to accept him or you're not. You're going to heaven or hell. You're a sheep or you're a goat. You're a wheat or you're a tear. You're going to the straight gate or the narrow gate. You, you're, gonna, you're going up or down. You're in or out. You're a saint or you ain't. But there's no middle ground. And Christ forces people to choose. But he said, choose life. Choose life. If you choose Christ, you won't be sorry. No matter what the world says, let them laugh. Let them mock. You got to have strong skin and just shake it off, man. Sometimes it's in your family members. You know what? Just keep loving them. Just between me and you, I used to laugh at Christians too before I was a believer. I used to laugh at them too. I thought these people reading that same book over and over and over. They should be done with it by now. And these people... That's all they do is talk about this Jesus this and this Jesus that. But when it happened to me, it's a different story. You can criticize Christianity all you want. But until you give it a try, you will never know. Anyway, 
Jesus here, verse 54, he, he said you should discern the times, the, the signs of the times. Then he also said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately, immediately you say a shower is coming, and so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, there will be hot weather. And there he is. Hypocrites. He'll call a person a hypocrite in a minute. Hypocrites. You can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it you do not discern this time? This time, he said. If people were as discerning about spiritual things as they were about the weather, they would be better off. The crowd could predict a storm, but it could not foresee the coming judgment. How tragic men today can predict movements. They can put a guy on the moon. They can split an atom. But they are blind. The world is blind to the, to the things of God. They know how to get to the stars. But they do not know how to get to heaven. <laughs> Our educated world possesses a great deal of scientific knowledge, but not much spiritual wisdom. He said, you guys can't discern this time. The time that the prophets prophesied of. Can you not discover from the writings of the prophets and from all the events that's taken place? This is the time of your Messiah. This is what the prophets foretold. And I am the very person that the prophets spoke about. They had long waited for their Messiah. And the Messiah was in their midst. And they refused to acknowledge him. They should have known that their Messiah was among them. He was more obvious well, he should have been more obvious to them than the weather because the prophets had spoken about Jesus at that time, but the people failed to recognize it. He will come again. It's all around us. I wake up every day and say, Lord, is this the day? I'm ready. I ask myself, what am I holding on to? Is there anything in this life that I'm trying to, and I know you got to work and pay bills. I'm not trying to be legalistic, but, you know, you got to examine your heart and say, hey, is there anything else that I'm putting uh, before Christ? Is there anything else? Is Christ first in my life? Is there anything that I should get out of my life before Christ shows up? If I'm in sin, I better get that sin right before he shows but that's going to be judgment. But if you confess your sins, the Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So uh, you, you don't want to be ashamed. You don't want to be caught carousing and drunk and gambling and all this stuff. You want to be living your, when Christ comes, you want to be glad to meet him. Be glad to meet him because we waiting, man. We waiting. Verse 57, 
Make peace with your adversary. I know you guys never had adversaries, right? You never had no enemies. Oh, you guys are good people. You never, everybody likes you. Yes, and why even yourselves do not judge what is right? And a Christian is supposed to judge what is right. <clears throat> That's why we catch so much flag all the time, because we call right from wrong. People call good evil and evil good, but we tell them, you know what, that is not wrong, that is not right. People get offended, of course, when you tell them that, but maybe one day they'll wake up. He said, make peace with your adversary. Verse 58, when you go with your adversary to the magistrate, make every effort along the way to settle with him, lest he drag you to the judge. The judge deliver you to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you shall not depart from there till you have paid every last mite. That's the smallest Roman coin, every last mite. He's saying when you have a legal matter, try to work it out uh, without going to court. Because it might not come out the way you might think. And you might come out in the wrong. He said, if you got a legal matter, try to work it out before it goes to court. It's better to sell with one accuser's. Uh, it's better to settle with a dispute before it reaches the judge, if possible. Advice to the hearer is try to keep the law, the officials, out of it, out of your disputes. If you can sell it among yourselves in private, it would be better to do it before it reaches the court. Try to come to some kind of agreement and don't put it off because. The longer you put it off, usually the worse it's going to get. What he's saying. It is better to be, you know, and, and God, you know, I tell you, you know, I've seen Christians take each other to court, man. I tell you, I said, you guys are violating the scripture. People that the people left the church. I said, dude, first Corinthians chapter six, read it. You're not supposed to take a believer to court. Paul said it's better for you to be defrauded than to, than to ruin your testimony he say, and you're going to go before the unbeliever of all people? He said, isn't there a wise man among you? Do you know you could run your testimony if Christians going to take another Christian? He said, Paul said, it's best that you just lose it all than to run your testimony in the front of an unbeliever. I know Christians do it. I'm amazed what people will do when they get mad. I'm amazed. They get mad, they just throw the scripture aside and they do whatever they want. But you're still not right. I'm hoping that if Christians have problems, they can sell them without going to court with the unbeliever. Because Jesus said, by this, all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. You don't have one love for one another when you're fighting in division, disunity, strife, division taking each other to court, stuff like, you don't have love for one another. That's not love. The Bible said love is patient and kind. Forgive, man. The Bible says if you're angry, sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. If you do, you've just given place to the devil. I didn't say he took it. I said you gave it to him. We got we to gotta obey the word, what the word says. Don't try to live your life by your feelings, man. 
Don't try to live your life by your feelings. Your feelings can be so misleading. Your feelings, we're walking by faith and not by feelings. Because your feelings can change from day to day, hour to hour, minute to minute. I wake up, maybe I don't feel like a believer, but I am one. Why? Because I'm going by what the word says, not by how I feel. I'm going by what the word says because my feeling can be very deceiving. Change one minute, next day it changes on something else. We are walking by faith, period, and not by how you feel. You have feelings, yeah. You have emotions, yeah. God gave them to you. But you can't trust them because one day you might be up, next day you might be down. So many people are so depressed nowadays. Depression leads to isolation. Isolation leads to depression. So many people are isolated. You're not supposed to be isolated from the body of Christ. Now, if that's something, I know we all can't come to church all the time. I know things come, things happen. You know. But if you can come, and when you come, listen for people who might be hurting. There's a lot of people hurting, even in the church. But he's saying, try to make peace with your adversary. And if you're a believer, be forgiving if you're a believer. Man, it's happened to other people. You're not the only one that's ever happened to. Everybody in this room has been hurt by somebody. Be forgiving and forget and move on. Life is too short. Because if you're not forgiving, you're not going to have any peace. You're not going to have any joy. I've told people that. People change churches. I said, well, you're not going to have any peace over there either. And they didn't. Because you're taking that strife and you're taking that division to another place. And that's wrong. Get it right, man. Why is that so hard? But the Holy Spirit will show you that. So with that, we're going to close in a word of prayer. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for your patience. Stay, stay in the word, man. Stay close to Christ no matter what you do because something's coming down the pike. I can feel it. Something's coming down the pike. We got to be ready. Be ready to preach. Everybody get ready to preach. Everybody. Go out in those streets and the highways, the homeless, anywhere you can. I'm always looking for opportunities to share the word with people, the unbeliever, especially because I was at Costco last week and this lady said she was talking to her friend that was bagging the groceries. She was talking to this lady that was bagging the grocery, her friend, and she said her father was dying. He's going to die any day. The Holy Spirit says, say something. So I said something. I say, uh, is he a believer? Is your father going to heaven? She says, I don't know. He's a mean man. I said, maybe. I said, are you going? Are you going to share? So I didn't have much because people was in line. But at least maybe she can ask. My point is, look for opportunities, man. Look for them because they are there. Now, you're not going to get any more saved than what you are right now. That's it. So let's try to take as many with us as we can get. We're going to try to snatch them out the fire, boy. I tell you, God will bless you for it.
Anyway, we're going to close in one song, and you guys can be dismissed. How about that? So, you know, uh, let me start talking about Jesus for you. You can just go on and on.